Every single week when we have our service, we recognize that this is kind of a philosophy of boomerang, okay? Uh, we're not building a church. We're building the church, okay? We don't want to just add people to boomerang. We want to add people to the kingdom, all right? That, I, I really don't care what church they go to as long as they are hear from the Lord and are obedient to Him. That's what I want. Because let's say that they're disobedient and they come here and our numbers are bigger because they come here, but they're out of place. Some other place is lacking and then they're filling a place that somebody here should be in. And so you've got some uh, a lack of coordination, a lack of efficiency in the kingdom. In other words, the kingdom can't advance like it was going to because somebody has not been obedient to get in their place. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says God has placed the members in the body. So our, our job as believers is simply to hear from God and get in the place where God's told us to be. If it's here, great. If it's somewhere else, great. We're not concerned about just filling this place. We're, we want to be about the Father's business, making sure that the kingdom grows. Well, that means if we're doing our job right, we're adding people to Boomerang. We're adding people to the gathering. We're adding people to Growing Family Church. We're adding people all over different places, not just here. And so part of the thing that the Lord's given us to do is every single week, we want to pray for another church because, hey, we're on the same team. You know? And so this week, I want to pray for Christ Episcopal Church with Pastor Jim Bernanke. And I don't know if you know him or not. Uh, he's a good guy. And uh, let's just lift them up. They're another part of our bodies, those believers that are there. They are a part of us. So, Lord, we agree together right now. We just lift up Christ Episcopal Church and Pastor Jim Bernanke, Lord. We just ask that you would bless them beyond measure, Lord, that they would not be able to measure how much they are blessed. We ask, Lord, that your blessings and your love would be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and Lord, out of their overflow, the community, the area, the people are blessed. Lord, we just ask for wisdom in their leadership. We ask that they would have your spirit of wisdom. We ask, Lord, that they would be protected. And we just lift up Pastor Jim and his family in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we, um, I really, really want to encourage you if, you, if you were here last week or not, I encourage you to listen to that message. Uh, we were talking about a reality check, and we were talking about two... Uh, two kingdoms, two realities, and I would say that that opened up the door for us to have Wednesday night, and Wednesday night was awesome, and if you hadn't heard that, I, any believer, anywhere, everywhere needs to hear that message. It was a, it was a great part two uh, to that message, so you can see both of those, reality check, part one and part two. Uh, at boomerangchurch.org. You can go watch that, listen to it, whatever. Uh, really good messages. You will be glad that you listen to them. So, but this morning, we're starting in a series. Uh, just, I don't, I may or may not preach on it next week, but at the very least, it's this morning called Seek First. And let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. 
And while you're turning there, let me ask you this question. In today's environment, and today's atmosphere, if you want to know something, if you're looking for something, where's the first place you go? <laughs> we Google it, right? Right. Now why do you know that? Because that's, that's, it's true, it's what it is. You know, if you're looking for something, you can Google it. If, I'll tell you, if I'm looking for a scripture, I'm Googling it, you know? I have people all the time, they'll be like, Pastor, where's that scripture about? I was like, I don't know, go Google it, you know? <laughs> go find it. Like, I know some of them, but I don't know them all, you know? I, I know it's in there, I just don't know where it's at, and I'm going to do the same thing I'm going to tell you to do. Go Google it, you know, find out. YouTube, yeah, and Google Google owns YouTube, so there you go. You're still going to it. If you put in the search, it'll pull up that. But here's the thing. We have gotten accustomed in a very short period of time. Just think about that. Ten years ago, nobody knew what a Google was, right? It was Yahoo. And here's the thing. Most people didn't know. I remember when it came out, you went to the Google page, and I thought, that thing will never last. There's nothing on that page but, but a entry, a search bar. That's it. That's the only thing on that page. Then you go over to Yahoo, and they got news, and click over here for sports and this and everything else. And all of a sudden, within about five years, Google blew past everybody else. And I'm sitting there thinking from a marketing standpoint, how in the world, but what had changed was in society, we had reached a place in society that people said, I want to go find what I want to find. Stop giving me what you think I want, right? Now, then, then they would type in Google, and Google would give them what, they, what Google thought you wanted. And so, but it had the appearance that you got what you were looking for, and you were looking for only. And it, it you know, I was really... I was kind of flabbergasted by that whole thing because I really didn't think that it would become as popular as it is. It is a huge, huge company now, right? Notice how quickly everybody came up with the same answer. Here's the thing. As believers, you know, even, even me, when I'm looking for a scripture, my thoughts ought to be first in one place. And it's not Google. It's God. See, when we have connection with God and it's real and we have personal connection with God, all of a sudden it's like, if I got God standing right here in my life and He, he knows everything, guess what? God actually does know more than Google. I mean, it, it, He actually does. And if I'm personally connected with Him and He's real then what's my first thought going to be? Go to Google or go to God? And as believers, that ought to tell us something right there as to where we actually are versus where we think we are. Does that make sense? Because in this verse it says, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So we have a commandment from God. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. In case you missed it. Seek first. Seek 
first. Seek first. If I did this for 30 minutes, it'd probably be a stronger message than me actually telling you something. Because maybe tomorrow you would remember the first thing that you need to seek is God. His kingdom and what's right in His kingdom. This, this we can say, most people can quote this verse. Most people, at least they know about it. But the truth of the matter is, how many of us are actually seeking Him first? And you know what it's evident by? The question I ask you first. If you need to know something, where do you go? It just shows that we've come to rely more on the flesh, which this goes back to last week's message and Wednesday's message, than the reality check. We've come to rely more on one reality, the physical and fleshly reality, than we have on the spiritual reality in God. It's gotten so, so much that when I ask that question, everybody shouts out Google. And you know what? I would have said the same, same thing. If, if somebody else was sitting up here and they asked me that, I know what they're looking for. They're looking for that answer, Google, to go, go do a search. But here's the thing. We've gotten to the place where we're really not seeking first, even though we know this verse, even though we've said this verse. Maybe we've used it to preach at our, our uh, uh, spouse. You know, well, you just got to seek first, you know. Y'all have never done that, apparently. So. Yet, is it a reality in our lives? Is it a reality that we seek first? Let me ask you this. What is one of the first things that an enemy will do in a war between the headquarters and the men in the field? Cut off supply line. And what's the other big one? Communication. Let me ask you this. If you can cut off communication, can you cut off the supplies? Generally speaking, yes. So if the enemy can cause us to actually stop communication between us and God, what has he effectively done? Won the war. We, we at the very least, will be incredibly inefficient and unproductive. So if he can get us so that we actually aren't seeking first God, his kingdom, and his righteousness, then effectively what has he done? Cut us off from communication with headquarters. Cut us off from God. And the battle is practically over then because if you can't hear from God, you can't receive any direction, you can't receive any wisdom. And all it takes is, is here's the question, is God broadcasting and has he given us the ability to receive from him? Yes. So if we're not hearing from him, whose hands does that lie in? Ours. And how do we start to hear from him? We start seeking first. We start seeking Him with all our heart and He will be found by us. But if our reality and our first priority lies in the flesh and in the physical world and not the spiritual realities, not in God, all of a sudden, basically, we're not seeking Him first. We're seeking, what does Google tell me? What does my parents tell me? What do, what do my teachers tell me? All of a sudden, our whole reality, everything shifts, and we've lost connection and communication to headquarters, and effectively, the battle is over. And the devil eats our lunch.
And I know, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but maybe you feel like it. Yeah, he'd been eating my lunch for way too long. Well, then let's change that and let's seek God first. Let's make him the priority that he should be in a believer's lives. In everything that we do, we should ask these questions. Number one, what does God want me to do? You know, this. if you look at that word seek, it means to desire and inquire about. Desire, because a lot of times I would say that people have taken the seek word that was used used a little bit differently when it was written, and they would say, well, we're, and even religion itself is, is seeking after God. It's searching for God. But if you know Christ, you've found God. You're not seeking for God, but you are desiring Him and inquiring of Him. So when it says seek first, it, it's not saying that you'll never find Him, but hopefully on this quest, maybe one day you'll get a glimpse of God. And it'll be awesome. And the angels will sing. That's not what it's talking about. We have relationship. We're supposed to be in a personal, spiritual relationship with God. And the part of that relationship is not seeking to find Him necessarily like what, how we would say that today. But that relationship is to constantly first desire Him and inquire of Him. So everything, everything, everything that we do should ask these questions. What does God want me to do? I should be desiring whatever God wants. I should be inquiring as to what that is. Number two, does what I'm about to do advance God's kingdom? Because we're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Does this advance the kingdom? Does it advance the kingdom? And if it doesn't advance the kingdom, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And I'll I'll pick on Abigail. Uh, yesterday, she put up a post on the, you know, put up a post on Instagram and Facebook, and I called her on the phone. And I said, "Take that thing down," you know, and uh, and she did. Yes, sir, right now. And she because she knows to listen, and, and she did a great job of it. And, but her post, it didn't advance the kingdom of it at all. Matter of fact, it could have caused some question to come into that. It could have brought it back some. And as soon as I brought that up, she was quick to say, yep, let me change that. And she went right in. She called me back and told me that it was done and everything and did a good job. And I was really pleased with her. So high five. But, you know, how many things are we doing that they really don't advance? You know, you, you've asked the... What was it in the Bambi movie? If you don't have something good to say, don't say nothing at all. Well, if we don't have something that's if we don't have something that's good towards the kingdom of God, you don't need to be doing it. But you know what? How many people actually take time to think about that before they perform every action of their lives? Every action. I mean, you can post a picture on Facebook of you and your friends having a great time and partying it up, but it does not advance the kingdom. And if it's not advancing the kingdom, you don't need to be doing it. The thing is, you're trying more to be cool than you are to be about the things of God, and you can't do that as a believer. You don't. You can, but it's not profitable. It's not good. 
Are we actually thinking about it? Number three, here's another question. What should be done according to the way the kingdom works? So if we're keeping his kingdom in mind, in other words, this is a domain of the king. It has rules, it has ways, it has order. For example, just even going to church. All right, the Lord tells us that we need to get together. We need to congregate. But yet there's, there's even a theology going around today that I don't need to go do that. Well, you may, you may be thinking I'm advancing the kingdom. You may be thinking that God, God wants to do it this way, but yet the Word shows us that this is not a kingdom way. And so when we put God first, we've got to say, how has God set up rules and laws in his kingdom? How has he established order? And if I'm seeking first, I'm desiring to do that first. I'm inquiring of the, of the Lord how to do it. Number four, what would be done in an absolute righteous way? All of these things are seeking God first. In other words, you might can uh, do something, but if it's not in a righteous way in the eyes of God, you probably don't need to be doing it. You probably don't need to be doing it. But here's the thing. Are we even thinking about it? I mean, just real honestly, as we've gone through our day, we make that phone call, we shout those words, we speak those things to our loved one, you know, we raise our voice when we shouldn't. Are, honestly... Have we even been considering what God and His kingdom wants first? And the truth is, we've been attempting to, maybe, maybe some of us, but the truth is we haven't been doing it. And that has to change. It has to change. And, and what's great is this commandment is not a commandment that doesn't have promise. In other words, what's it going to cost you? Is it going to cost you something to seek Him first? Yes, there's probably some fleshly fun that you're not going to get to have anymore, but that pales in comparison to what God has for you. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, all this supply, everything you need, everything you desire, it will will be added to you. And a lot of people don't have what they should have in their life because they're not even coming close to considering God, inquiring about Him and desiring Him first. You know, and a lot of times people that have started to mature in Christ, they start going after God, and, and all of a sudden they, they'll sit down. Like, we'll sit down in a leadership meeting and we'll plan out how something needs to happen. And the whole time, we're seeking the Lord, we're praying on it and everything. But guess what? You, you got a flesh, just like I do. And sometimes when we think we've heard from God, we really haven't. We really haven't. It, it generally... Uh, what happens in that situation is this flesh has a bias and we think that this is God, but in, the, in effect it really isn't. It was just you wanting to hope that it maybe could have, would have, should have been God. And so now, because I'm praying about it, it certainly had to be because he would have stopped me <laughs> if it wasn't. But that's... And, and how many people feel like that's a possibility and a potential and it's all of us. So here's the thing to do, because you know what? I, I've done that same stuff. I, I seek to 
constantly make that lower and lower. But here's just, let me give you this piece of advice. Always keep yourself open, even to what you consider to be God's plans before. Always keep yourself open from redirection by the Holy Spirit. I've had times where I'm walking down a path and I absolutely think that it's God's plan. And I'm walking, I'm heading towards there, and I feel like if I don't get there, then I have let God down, right? But the thing is, if I get in this path and I just, on the inside, I've got this inward witness that's saying, this is not right. This is not exactly it. I don't know what's all, but something just doesn't feel right. And it's at that moment I need to stop with what I think is even God's plans and and drop back and say, seek God first, inquire of Him, desire for His things first, even over what I think God's plans are. Because what I think God's plans are did come through a fleshly brain. So it has the potential to be tainted So I have to always keep that in mind and go back and say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me to do? Is that actually where you want me to go? And a lot of times when I'm feeling like that, he'll say, no, I actually want you to go this way. And then I get here and it's like, bam, right in the middle of what God's up to, right in the middle of his provision, of his will, and all of a sudden the blessing is poured out and there's people around that are blessed because I was willing to always inquire and desire his things even more than my own plans that I think he gave me. And you know what will happen is, as you start to really seek God first, you'll find that you had stuff lined out from the time you were a kid, and there's a whole bunch of it wasn't God at all. There's a whole lot of preachers that should have stopped in this path because God didn't actually call them to preach. He just called them into a strong relationship. And somebody told them, oh, you got a great strong relationship. You ought to be a pastor. And they go, ooh, I like the sounds of that. And then they end up being in a place that they're not supposed to be in because they were too prideful to stop and say, hey, I could have missed this. See, this seeking first really is humility that says, God, you know more than I know. You get this right when I get it wrong. You get it right all the time. And your advice, your direction, your will, your ways, it's the best thing that I can ever have. And even if I think that my plans are perfect, even if I've been doing this for 10, 15 20 years, if it needs to change, it needs to change. Y'all might be about to fall out. We're going to cut it right there. We got to seek Him first. We got to inquire of Him. We've got to desire Him. Seeking first is a desire for Him first. Above all other things. In other words, He is your priority. I'm doing nothing. Doing nothing but what He wants. That's why I'm here. And what you'll find is when you fulfill that, that's when joy actually comes. 
because now you're actually doing what you're created to do. Inquire of Him and desire Him above all things. So as a last little thing before we close, let me get you just to do this exercise and just, just close your eyes for a second. And I want you to think about, don't try to be holy on me now, I want, you to think about the, I want you to think about the stuff you were thinking about yesterday and what you're going to be thinking about tomorrow. Don't try to get all holy because I just preached on seek first. Because you need to honestly evaluate yourself. What are the things, why are you working so hard? What are the things you're going after? Let me, I'll give you a few examples. You know, is it the bass boat? Is it the house at the beach or the house in the mountains? Is it even just so that you can take a nice vacation each year? Are you working hard just to bring about some peace in your finances? Maybe you want to buy a house for your parents. Maybe, maybe you, you don't speak the truth because you're concerned it may cost you friends. What are the things that you're really living life for? What are those actual items? And as you're just pondering that, and this is something that you should think about, why are you in that, uh, that path? Why are you going through that course of life? Why are, you, why are you going to, you know, why do you want to go to school? What's the real reason behind it? So that you can, you know, have a nice life and have the nice car and, and just enjoy life here on the earth? You know, the Lord tells us that we are to not be entangled by the things of the earth. It's not that he doesn't want to give you nice stuff. You'll see throughout the Bible that people that God blessed when they chose him right, man, he blessed them with nice stuff. It's not that God doesn't want to have it. It's that he doesn't want that stuff to have you. Now here's the question. If God told you to completely ditch that plan, that thing that you're working for, right now can you do it if God asked you to ditch your comfort go do something you didn't want to do you weren't comfortable doing can you do it because if you can't or even if you just have a hard time doing that what's rising up there is the priorities that you have And the only way that's going to work and actually have lasting effect and a fullness of blessing is when the priority is God, His kingdom, and His righteousness is the first thing that you desire in your life. I've found that when the Lord has asked me for stuff, generally, I'll give it to Him I'll think it's gone. Years later, he'll bring it back, but he'll bring a better one. He'll bring it right. And I'll receive it this time in a heart of humility instead of a heart of pride saying, no, I want that, I'm going after that, I don't care what God thinks. 
And listen, if you're not considering God in your plans and in the things that you're doing, that's exactly what you're saying to him by not seeking him first. I don't care what you think. I want this. Seek first is a matter of humility. Lord, I need you. And this is what the Lord says. If you'll get that humility right, if you'll make me first in your life, you'll have all you need. You'll have everything you want. You won't lack for anything. Even when it looks like you're lacking, you'll be full of joy. So I encourage you today, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Right now, Father, I just ask that, that you would give each person here in this message eyes of understanding. That you would open their eyes to the places where they have not been considering you first. Where they haven't been desiring you and inquiring of you. I ask, Lord, that you would open up paths that they're on that are not of you. And Lord, as they start to see that, I ask then, right then in that moment, that you would give them your strength to change course and get on path with you. And Lord, I know what the end result of that is. That you bring everything that they need into their lives. Father, thank you so much for showing us your way. Thank you for connection with you so that we can hear from you. And thank you, Father, for strength to seek you and desire you first in everything in our lives. Lord, we just praise you and we love you today. Lord, let our worship carry on today and tomorrow and the rest of the week. Let our seeking you first this week and for the rest of our lives, let that be a worship to you. Lord, let us worship you by making you first. Let us worship you by seeking you in everything. Let us worship you because you're worthy of that. Even if you hadn't ever told us to seek you first, your love demands that we make you a priority. And today, for all those that will agree with me, Lord, today, I make you, we make you the priority in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jeff, if you'll come on up here and just, if you're new today and you've never been here, we have a gift for you. And, and Jeff and Tara, uh, they'll be right over here by this bookcase. And I'm just going to let him finish up. Okay, so I started off the day today reading a scripture on a website. You're going to love this. Because Pastor mentioned something about truth earlier when he was praying. And it's 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. And it says, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. Even His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. 
So I just want to give God thanks this morning that, you know, and, and I say this all the time. Thank you, God, for giving us truth and understanding in this church. Thank you, Lord, for Boomerang. Thank you for the leadership in Boomerang through Pastor Brian, who always interjects truth into us every time we come here. And, you know, something today is different. Pastor mentioned that earlier. Something's different today. People are wearing new clothes. I see a lot of people just, just dudded up today. Bright colors and fancy. There's something different. Jim Hockaday said something. He said, you know, we're willing to put up with a lot of bad for a long time, as long as we can get a little good every once in a while. And that is not the way it's supposed to be. And I feel like today is that turning point, that tipping point. Something is different today, and thank God for it. We are not going to put up with the bad. It's going to be good from here on out. And we're going to come into church every Wednesday and every Sunday with expectation of good and knowledge and truth and blessing. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for Boomerang. Thank you for the word of truth that we have. I hope it's been an encouragement to everybody. I hope it's been lifting you up. I hope it's just a word of joy, a seed of truth spoken into your life that's going to grow and flourish as we go on into the week, as the week unfolds before us. If you are new here, uh, you can come and see me. I'm Jeff and my wife, Tara, over by the bookcase over here. We've got a gift for you if you're a newcomer, and that's just our way of saying welcome to Boomerang. If you need a word of prayer or just a word of encouragement or just uh, an understanding ear, I would encourage you to see George and Barrett. Those are right there. Uh, they'll be up here in front if you want to... If you want to uh, visit with them, they will pray with you, they will pray for you, or they'll just listen and let the Lord guide them as to how to minister to you. I would encourage you to use that powerful tool. It's there at your disposal. So remember, uh, as you go forward in the week, um, seek out and experience and give thanks for grace. And be prepared when you come in Wednesday to share your testimony of how you experience God's yeah. grace. All right. Have a good week. Amen. What are you turning?